and welcome to Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So we've reached the final end. Well, not quite the final end. (laughs) After an absence of 14 years, they were back. Up anchor for a well-crewed voyage. Carry on, Columbus. They Tell know, us about it, Fiona. They know how to go out with a fizzle. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is yours. Well, you've often said to me that um, the best TV series ends one high. They don't try to milk it for what it's worth. All right. Things hmm. like Faulty Towers being such a... Oh, yeah, 12 film, episodes. 12 episodes. Gone, yeah. They should have taken your advice, because <laughs> even though the um, the the ones towards the end, I'm not sure were our favourite, mm-hmm. they should not have tried to to bring it back. I'm sorry, but it was what went wrong. What, what went, went right? Wrong, what went wrong was it didn't have the charm oh. that the previous ones had. Okay, and I think that's to do with the writing. Okay. I think they were trying to force the jokes or force the innuendo a bit too much. It wasn't subtle enough. And mm-hmm. so that was in the writing. Now, obviously, there's the issue of uh, Jim Dale being really the only uh, proper, well, Leslie Phillips, we'll get onto him, mm-hmm. um, the only proper carry on ones. So. Was it because the others didn't think it was good enough? They didn't want to be in it? They weren't asked to be in it. They were too expensive. They were too cheap. I don't know what the issue was. Well, do you want, do you want a bit of background on that? Yeah, go on. Uh, apparently, um, Barbara Windsor, Joan Sims and Bernard Reslaw all turned it down. Well, at least they were asked. They were offered and they turned it down. I don't know about Kenneth Connor, who was probably elderly anyway. Uh, I think he might have been offered it, actually. Um, Or Frankie Howard or any of these kind of folk. Okay. So, now they have got quite an all-star cast. Yes, it's quite... For for, for Britain, it's quite a starry cast, really. Yeah. Well, more of a television starry cast. So, should we go through them and see how they fared with with a carry-on... Uh, well, I've, I've got my own list. Oh, you've got your own list. And then you can get back to the ones I've got. So, Jim Dale. Jim Dale as Christopher Columbus. Now, he was obviously the face of of the film. Yes. Uh, in terms of it's a proper carry-on film. Mm-hmm. Even though, when was the last film he was actually in? Uh, it was again Doctor in 1969, which would be 23 years previously. Yes. So, in the interim time, was he never asked to be in a film? He was in a few films in the interim time. No, no, the carry-on film. Oh, the other carry-ons. I think he was asked a couple of times, and but then he moved to America, you see, and did a lot of work on stage right. and that kind of thing. Because he seemed... I got the impression he's jumped at the chance. Or did they just pay him enough money to have a carry-on name because they knew that was needed? He did it as a favour, but he made very clear that he was doing this one, and if there were any more, he wouldn't be doing it. Okay. That. Right. I thought he was mediocre. <laughs> Did you? I did. Well, I think if, I think I think the key to this film is if you don't like Jim Dale or you don't like Jim Dale's performance, you're not going to like this film because he really he carries the film so much as it is, so far as it is. Yeah. So if you thought he was mediocre, but maybe I just I I don't I can't recall whether he had enough proper carry on lines and innuendos or anything. I don't it, I don't recall him mucking them up. Mm-hmm. But I just think he, yeah, he was the narrative. He wasn't yeah. the, he was almost like the straight man that the others were playing off. Which was kind of like what he was in the films he no, was that's in. That's true. So I think that's, he didn't bring the carry onness because he yeah. never was. Because the he never was the carry onness, yeah. No. Um, June Whitfield was okay. She was Queen Isabella of Spain. Yes. Um, there was a couple of lines she wrote uh, that were a bit saucy or suggestive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that, it was very clear that she had the power amongst her and the king, mm-hmm. um, and so. She, but she did that subtly enough that I didn't. I thought that was good acting. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm okay with you. And she, she, she's been in them before, hasn't she? Yeah, very well. Very early, I remember she was a nurse. She was Leslie Phillips' girlfriend in Nurse, mm-hmm. if you remember. 
and then she was in Abroad and Girls. Yeah, so I, I think that's okay for bringing some cool carry-on mm. to the scene. But to be frank with you, the size of that part, I think, was you know, equivalent to the stature of June Whitfield in the carry-on films. I think if I was Barbara Windsor or Joan Sims, who apparently were offered that part, well, that I part would, they wouldn't. Yeah, I would have said, no, 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 I am the carry-on. Certainly yeah. far more than this two scenes. No, I, I, I'm surprised you say that that was the part they were offered, mm. because um, I would say the... But they're old. Yeah. Well, the Maureen Lipsman part yeah, could I, have been them. I would have given, I would have given, I would offer Joan Sims the Maureen Lipsman yeah. part. Yeah. But I thought Maureen Lipsman was very good. Well, Maureen Lipsman is. I think, I think one of the things is a lot of the actors, a few of the actors who they did bring in are very good. Maureen Lipsman is always very good. But she also looked like she was enjoying the carry onness. What do you think? I think she wasn't right. tolerating it. I think she really got, and maybe that's just uh-huh. her professionalism. But she she seemed to really get into it, and she did very good. Like um, and towards the end there, when it was just her and the and um, Richard, Richard Wilson, Wilson on the boat, mm-hmm. and they were talking secrets and plots, she did very good. Sort of eyes looking left and right, and just li- right. little tweaks. An actual performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like you would get with with Butterworth. You know, there mm-hmm. was she didn't necessarily have many lines, mm-hmm. but you could she brought a lot to it. So I did like her. Leslie Phillips. Ding dong. Well, there was no ding and there was no, no dong. I know, I know, I know. I mean, couldn't you just make the king a bit more ding dong and mm-hmm. be flirting with all the women? And that's well, why that was kind of referred to, but we never saw it because the queen did say that's why you've always got all these nice women. Has he just lost, lost his ding dong? Because if it if that was how it was written, I was expecting him yeah. to be like that. Well, I it? think to be honest with you, my recollection is that. Um, Leslie Phillips being famous for Ding Dong didn't really come back until after this film was out. I think at this point, Leslie Phillips wasn't really that famous for anything at all. He wasn't, or he wasn't in the oh, cultural really? zeitgeist in the wasn't way strangely he is now. he was now. in for like beer or something? Well, it might have been, I don't and know. And he was a bit Ding Dong. I would imagine that would be the yeah. kind of thing. Uh, after would, this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of, can he turned up in things after this mm. just to be Ding Dong? Um, and as himself, etc. But uh, but my recollection is that you know when this film came out, people who were too young to remember Leslie Phillips in the sixties did not know who Leslie Phillips was mm. in the way that five years That's later true. I would have said suddenly Leslie Phillips was a cultural touchstone, if you mm. like. Okay, I didn't think much of Rick Mail. Rick Mail was oh are you not, are you are you not going through the other ex carry honours? Uh, well, I was... Ca- you'll come back to that, I'll come you? back to Okay, Rick Mayall was the Sultan. Uh, I don't know if he was the Sultan of other than Turkey. Um, and he only appeared in the very beginning of the film to and to sort of propel the plot of finding a sea route to the Indies would threaten Turkey and threaten him because he was charging everybody huge amounts tax of tax to, to bring goods through yeah. Turkey. Yeah. He was very Rick Mayall. Yeah, maybe that was very popular at the time. I've never been a huge fan, to be honest. Sorry. I know that might divide the audience. Well, I would say that that first scene, you really need to get the big laughs in that first scene. Oh, and who's the other one that was with him? Nigel Planer was the wazir. Nigel Planer? As in the other young one, yeah. Neil from the young ones, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd recognise his name, because he's really famous. Yeah. But, you know. But not as Nigel (laughs) Planer. Yeah. Whereas Rick Mel does mm-hmm. have a name for himself. His part had nothing in it. He, there was yeah. nothing for him to I do. Think, but it's like a, I think it's because you know those two are so funny mm-hmm. that it's a shame. You're kind of expecting a bit more from them. Yeah. Especially as they were played together. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I mean, I know they d- they're probably not wanting to just use people's stock jokes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think they could have made some innuendos or suggestions to the young ones. or. But they did kind of do that in did a lot they? of people. Yeah, right. And, right. of course, that was what they did in the carry-ons, as we've discussed before. Can They all just turned up in the next film playing their part. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't have... I mean, I would say Julian Cleary played we'll, Julian Cleary. We'll get on to him. Uh, Richard Wilson played Victor Veldrew. Yes. You know, so okay, they, they weren't above... They, you know, they weren't above sort of trying to... Typecast people. I, I thought Richard Wilson was good as well. But again, an actor who is always good. Yeah, yeah. And who we know can do that because 
pretty much it was Victor Meldrew. And again, he wasn't given an awful lot, apart from one scene with Julian Clary, I thought, when he was when they were sharing the cabin. Yeah, and he got drunk. You can come up my end. (laughs) If you get get lonely in the night, you can come up my end. You were angry with me that I didn't laugh at that. Well, I I, I wasn't so much angry at you, more a sort of a, if you're not going to laugh at this, then this film is not going to be for you. I have got some laughs, but... Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Sorry, carry on with you. You're kind of going through the cast, aren't you? I know. Alexi Sale. Alexi Sale was the Turkish spy. Nah. Matt, yeah, again, not a lot for him to work with, really. I know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not criticising him, but he's a funny guy from mm-hmm. what I remember mm-hmm. of my youth. Um, I think still around, still doing comedy. This isn't. Remember, these are by people who may listen to this podcast and be offended by what you're saying. Well, he hasn't come into my life of yet of late, but you know, he's not really in. Do you know another kids' TV that I seem to watch <laughs> these days? So it's no it's no slate on Alexi Hassel, but he I don't know, I kind of I associate him as being like a brash character normally. Mm-hmm. And he's quite a gentle character in this one. Yeah, because essentially almost as soon as we met him, the the lead part of his bit of the a bit of the show was taken over by uh Fatima. And she was okay. then the boss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, but so that, that's why I don't think he could have brought his best play to it. Um, so the other two names I wrote, because I wrote down some names when the credits were up at the beginning, because mm-hmm. I was getting quite excited. Um, there's three names on this. Jack Douglas, John Pertwee and Tony Slattery. Yes. I had no comments about them whatsoever. I either didn't notice they were in it. Or I I had no nothing to say about their part. So remind me what they did. Well, Tony Slattery was the um, Tony Slattery was the uh, uh, messenger from Lisbon at the beginning. He I came hot reckon, foot from Lisbon. I didn't recognise him. Yeah, he's kind of fat. He was, well, he he got kind of fat around about this time. It's kind of at the time that Tony Slattery dropped off the cocktail radar. I know, but he looked very different because he put some weight on. Yeah. I think that was all. So that was Tony Slattery. John Pertwee was the Duke of Costa Brava, who was supposed to be marrying Maureen Lippman's daughter. Oh no, he was good. I just didn't in write anything down. Half. Yeah, in well, one scene. We should yeah. maybe explain what happened with this watching. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, he was good. I, I I I'm quite happy with him. And Jack Douglas got a laugh. Jack Douglas was Marco, the serial killer, who eventually was one of the sailors. He didn't have a lot to do. He came on and he couldn't count, so he, Columbus asked oh, him yes. how he, many ha- fingers he was putting out. He's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, eight, and here's your eight hundred. Yes. One, two, three, eight hundred. But the laugh he got was uh, when Chiquita uh, went over to the side of the ship where he was, and he, uh, he said, "I'm looking at sharks. <gasps> sharks." You better watch you don't fall in. Do you think they'd eat me whole? No, I've heard they spit that bit out. Yes, I've written that down, actually. What he didn't do for only the second time in his carry-on career, and you thought, we've got Jack Douglas back, we better Why get him to do it, was he didn't do an alphabet to Tidibus right away. I know. So that's probably why you didn't recognise him. Maybe he was too old for it. Not really. No, he still looked pretty fit and everything. Anyway. I quite, so, can I say on the Jack Douglas point, I quite like the fact that at the end, I think you were might have supposed to think that he got he you know he was getting together with the young Chiquita blondie girl because at the end when they were sailing away, uh, she was looking up admiringly at him. Yeah, was it Columbus? No, no, the the, the other young girl, Chiquita. Uh, oh, the Rebecca slut. Lacey. Yeah. Yes, the, the slut. Well, yes, well, she did kind of carry. <laughs> that was her character. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I quite well, I thought, well, all right. Good on him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was Jack Douglas. So the last two I have comments about. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian Clary. Julian Clary was Diego, the uh, uh, prison warder who eventually came with his prisoners on the boat. I think this might be a Marmite issue. Oh. I I, I, I can imagine it will divide the audience, but I liked him. Oh, yeah, I thought he was good in this as well. I thought he brought the camp that yes. we've been missing for quite a while. Yes. Now, he was no Hawtrey. No. But he was good at that side mm-hmm. of things that I thought... At least we've got a bit of that in this in yeah. this show, and I thought he he was well maybe he was just being himself. I'm not quite sure, but I thought it was perfectly good what he did. Mm-hmm. He was very soft and gentle with it, rather than in your face, mm-hmm. which I quite like, but maybe a bit too soft and gentle when he was giving his punchlines, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, but no, I liked him. I thought, you know, good on Julian Clary for, for being able to be a, a proper carry on. I thought, I agree with you and all that. And I thought he was, he was a good mix of Hawtrey and Williams because he was slightly more, um, dominant than Hawtrey ever was. Yeah, that's true. But he was slightly more fee than Williams mm. ever was. And okay, he kind of, he, he sort of, well, he kind of had to replace both of them in the main. Yeah. Um, and I did find my okay, I was kind of, you do kind of find yourself thinking, who would you, you know, the, the proper carry honours, who would you have cast as what? I still think that would have been Hawtrey's point. I think, I think, I, th- yeah, I agree with you. And I think I would have made Williams the, uh, Richard Wilson mm, character. Yeah. Build yes. it up a bit. Yeah. But yeah. I thought that, that would have been a Williams part, really. And the last one, who I thought was actually very good, was Bernard Cribbins. Ah, the Cribbins. Did you not think he was? I did think he was very good, but again, this year, I think Bernard Cribbins is a guy who, in the last five, ten years... He's become a thing. But I think all that we've done in the last five, ten years is realised how good Bernard Cribbins has always been. Yeah. All through what might be considered Bernard Cribbins' wilderness years, although really that just means he did work. Um, you see stuff from that now and you think, God, he was, he's good. Mm. Bernard Cribbins is a, is a good actor, he's an entertainer, he's a good entertainer, um, he's lovable. He's lovable. We will not see his like again. Well, maybe we will see his like again. But it will be a loss when Bernard Cribbins. No. It will be a loss when Bernard Cribbins uh, finally takes his final bow, I think. Do you remember him being in Doctor Who? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Not most recently. More recently in Doctor Who. But also in the first, in the, in the second Dalek film. He's. Uh, he's uh, oh, I didn't mean uh, that. I'm not, I know you I'm, meant you meant Wilf in the new series. Yeah, yeah, and he's excellent as Wilf in the new series. I know. Series. I liked him as much as uh, the girl, Donna, Donna. Catherine Tate. Yes, yeah. I like him in Old Jack's Boat, and it's a shame that oh, our son, yes. our son has never liked from, it. Yeah. Well, he never really liked it. I thought no. it was great. Um, so yes, Bernard Vickerman's very good. Now I have one more comment to make about member of cast. Mm-hmm. And um, you can make me say things about the rest. Mm-hmm. Say this. When we got to the indies that wasn't the indies. Yes. I said, who's the Indian chief? chief. Mm-hmm. And you said no one famous. Nobody famous. Because I wrote down Steve Martin. He's not Steve Martin. Although he does look a bit like Steve Martin. But the, he was called Reed Martin. No, he was called Larry Miller. Uh, there was someone else called, the, uh, maybe it was the... Reed Martin was Pocahontas. Ah, uh, so that wasn't Steve Martin. Okay, no. I thought I was being clever no. there. Right. No. So that's all I have to say about the cast. Who else do I... Uh, uh, we haven't mentioned Sarah Crowe, who was uh, for oh, I thought she was very good as a as a vixen, which is basically what she was mm-hmm. meant to be. Uh, that was, that she, was a bad role, but it needed to be a young woman. It couldn't have been... Yeah, that. yeah. yeah but, but I think she, she was good at being funny about being suggestive. Mm-hmm. It was, she wasn't just being suggestive, uh, she was quite a funny actress, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Peter Richardson was Bart. Necessary for the narrative, and didn't annoy me or do anything bad, but I don't think he brought anything... I think he was only necessary for the narrative in that they had to have somebody dress up as the Inquisitor at the right, end. Right, yeah, okay, maybe that's what uh, I'm thinking. But I assume that he got the part because he's really the leading light in the comic strip, which... Is uh, it really, right, yeah. it really was you know, in the carry-on model insofar as they made all these films, TV films, rather than cinema films, although a couple of them got cinema releases, but they tended to have the same cast in them. Yeah, and yeah. he was leading, like, Peter Richardson, I'm just looking down the list here. Who so he was, a, he was to bring the crowd yeah, in. Yeah, Alexis Sale was there, Alexis Sale, Rick Mail, Nigel Planer, um, Keith Allen was involved with the comic strip as well. And aside from that, you know, the likes of Robbie Coltrane, French and Saunders, etc. Mm. They were all. And so you can kind of see that was, you know, the carry-ons after the alternative. Yeah, the so that's if you the like. natural. So you can see why they would have brought some of them in, saying you already yeah. can work together, playing different characters, uh, etc. So I assume that's why he got the role, but he was a bit nothing. Yeah. And as I say, apart from having him do that, which they could have given to the Cribbins character or whatever. Mm. Um, I didn't think it was necessary. We've done Maureen Lippman. We've sung her praises. Uh, Leslie Phillips and June Whitfield. Alexis Hale, the Cribbins. Peter Gilmore, the great forgotten member of the Carry On cast, was the governor of the Canaries. Yeah, I don't think I ever um, had anything to say about him, Mm -hmm. even before. Mm -hmm. So... um, 
Uh, Larry Miller was the chief American, and let's also talk about uh, the other uh, Americans, who I'm just looking down my list here of who they uh, were. Chris Langham was Hubba, uh, and uh, I'm trying to get who Pontiac was. Uh, Charles Fleischer was Pontiac. What did you think generally of uh, the Americans? Because they're played like wisecracking New Yorkers. I know, that was quite an interesting technique. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought they were fine. I thought it it did remind me of the American humour, like Airplane and and Steve Martin and all that kind of thing, which is very different. Yeah. Did it work, putting them together? Well, in the context of the story... It was two cultures meeting, and you certainly had that juxtaposition of the carry-ons mm-hmm. and the American comedy types mm-hmm. as films, as well as as, as cultures. But w- it, this is a carry-on film, so if you're if you're wanting carry-on film, you don't like this kind of stuff. I understand that, although I do think that the film kind of got a bit of speed behind it. Almost the first time it really got a bit of speed behind it when the Americans arrived, yeah, or when they arrived true. in America. It was dragging um, at that point. But I kind of agree with you also because, again, cast your mind way, way back to follow that camel when they brought in Phil Silvers. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that. And it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it does, does it work? Does it not work? It's not, it's, it's not a perfect fit. Uh, I thought they were good though. Um, uh, Linda Barron. Ooh. Hang on. And we're back. Sorry about that. Small interruption. Technical difficulties. Uh, yes, uh, we were at, going through the cast and we were at Linda Barron, who was Meg. She only really got a line and a half. Um, I don't remember her, sorry. She was beside the boat at one stage. It was just to kind of notice that she was there. Um, then we had Daniel Peacock was Tonto the Torch, one of the uh, one of the uh, prisoners who became I recognised him. Yeah, he's been in lots of things. Um, but not carry-ons before, I think. No, not carry-ons okay. before. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't recognise this person because this is Holly Aird who was Maria um, and she has a quite significant role in a series that you watch uh, Waking the Dead I don't you used to watch what was she? Pathologist? yeah I I don't know I didn't watch it they were all pathologists (laughs) weren't they? (laughs) what did you think of her? I I don't recall her being particularly funny at any point no not really but also, she didn't jar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I am. Uh, that's Julian Cleary. Bert Cook was uh, a Chinese person, or sorry, a Japanese person who came in at the start of. Uh, uh, oh, the to, film. oh, to pay the customs guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was pretty good. Yeah, yes, Bert Cook. Um, Jack Douglas not being alpha business. Martin Clunes was the. Customer in the shop who wanted a map of Italy and Columbus sold him a map of Britain. Yeah, he was he was okay. Mm-hmm. I think that that scene though, actually, I kind of thought was kind of a bit out of place because it kind of was kind of the first time we'd seen Columbus, and it kind of sort of suggested Columbus isn't you know is a bit of a con man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Tony Slattery was the yeah. messenger. Uh, Rebecca Lacey was uh, Chiquita. Yeah, she was good. She was the. Uh, she was at least tasty in the tasty sort kind of character she was meant to be doing. Okay. Don Henderson was the bosun. I don't even remember him. Oh, I think he was quite good, actually. Especially the bit when uh, they were going to hang Columbus and Columbus was kidding them on about having buried treasure somewhere that uh, he was going to share with them oh, all. Yeah. Uh, Rick Mail was the uh, sultan. Uh, Nigel Planer was the wazir. Chris Langham was hubba. Pertwee was the uh, Duke of Costa Brava, and Keith Allen was uh, Pepe the Poisoner. He he, he kind of became Julian Clary's sidekick, but and he ended up in the gold mine at the end with them. Um, but there we go. So that was the the cast. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to say at this mm-hmm. point was just to explain that I fell asleep halfway through this. Yes, finally the carry-ons broke you, and, and we had to really stop and, and look and watch a different day. So, so yes, this is two parts. So I might not be quite quick to mind about some of the things that I've, I've jotted down here about the, the first session of watching this. Okay, but that's how poor it was. I couldn't even <laughs> bring myself, and it wasn't late either, guys. It's really <laughs> just lulled me into a sense of sleep. Well, there's also an issue of quality, picture quality, because of course, Carry-on Columbus is not officially available. 
um, to purchase or watch anywhere. So, your so, uh, so we are watching an old copy which has uh, worn itself out over time. Yeah. So, but I would say with the storyline, I thought there was quite a lot happening at the beginning. There's layers of people you were gripped about how it was all going to come together and all mm-hmm. of that, and then they got on the boat. And then I thought it, like, died out in terms of storyline. No, I, I certainly think the bit on the boat was the sort of slowest. Yeah. Um, I but you thought I, by the time they got to the island. I thought, I, mean, I thought once they hit the island, or once they hit America, it kind of uh, it, it lifted up a bit. Um, I was quite surprised at the beginning by quite how much information we got about uh, Renaissance religious politics, um, given that we were pretty much given a crash course in the Spanish Inquisition and the influence of... and the. Um, anti-Semitism of uh, Europe in the 15th century because well, Trippin's yeah, character was Jewish. I know, but what... Would you expect people to know all of that? or I just wouldn't necessarily have expected it to go into quite the depth it went into. Uh, you kind of have to know that the Inquisition are pretty much all-powerful and... Mean. Uh, you know, and, and nasty. Um, but you didn't really need to go into the whole anti-Semitism thing at all, but, so I don't really know why they... Mm broached it because it meant they had to write a whole lot of stuff round about it um, but well done for them for doing it and again at the end we kind of got a bit of a critique of uh, European colonialism early European colonialism uh, in that once the Europeans arrived they all started shooting each other and uh, they're interesting that they asked for the guns rather than being offered them yes. and, and there was kind of resistance from Columbus going you don't want to go that you're, you're peaceful people mm. so I thought that was a quite an interesting I, I, I don't think the resistance was because he didn't want was because he thought they were peaceful people and it would ruin their society more than he didn't want them to have guns yeah. so they would shoot him <laughs> oh, I thought it was more because the guns are actually quite valuable so he wanted to try and trade shite instead of oh actual, right instead of actual yeah. worthwhile things okay so um, so yeah the laughs the laughs. This this will be a long section. Not. Well. <laughs> Bit of nineteen ninety two humour for you there. Party on, Wayne. <laughs> Party on, dude. <laughs> um. So when we first got to, I think it's Columbus's shop. Mhm. Um. He was looking for. Now I can't really remember what the setup was, but there was a sign for the shop. A sign for the shop. Uh. That read. Whatever the thing he was looking for was there. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, and then yeah. there was a little second sign as he walked in that said, and also, cobblers to the Pope. Oh, yes, and cobblers to the Pope. And that was I think that was Alexi Seal's shop, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, because he was, he was, could have actually been shoemaker for the Pope, yes. or could have been saying, up yours to the Pope. You didn't laugh at that. I think this is a laugh that I didn't record because you didn't laugh out loud at cobblers to the Pope. Well, I, I wrote it down. Okay. And I thought that was quite All good. Right. Um, now, I've just written here, again, you might have to help me because mm-hmm. I can't recall what the previous one. I have seen testimonials. Now, I think it was meant to be testicles, testimonials. Yes, yes. I've seen his, te- yes, somebody said that. I've seen his testimonials and the person to whom they were saying it reacted as, as if, if it was testimonials were testicles, yes. Right. And there was another point which someone, I think it's Maureen Lippmann, mm-hmm. said something very clearly saying the count. That was Maureen Lippmann. And and suggesting that it might have dropped the O. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you've enjoyed that joke again from its previous appearance in Don't Lose Your Head. I know, but more in it, man. <laughs> so John Holmes is... Don't is beyond saving, but more in it, man. <laughs> Come on. Scandalous. Um, now, I've also written... You've written a lot more laughs than me. You only laughed out loud three times. In the course of this film. I think it says, I'm one Juan. Or yes. What, what joke was that? Uh, that was when uh, Julian Clary discovered that he was sharing a cabin, what they thought was their cabin, with Richard Wilson, who was called Juan Felipe. Mm-hmm. And, Julian, and Richard Wilson said, I'm Juan. And Julian Clary said, oh, I'm one too. Ah, uh, yes. Meaning, I am a homosexual person. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Okay. And then, another thing I don't recall, which mm-hmm. was me writing Timothy. Yes, that, no, that was... Um, You're very good. Yeah, that was when uh, Alexis Hale and Fatima were going to join the crew, and Columbus asked their names... And Alexei Sale said, whatever his name was, Ahmed. 
and uh, Sarah Crow said Tima uh, Tima like uh, short, short for Timothy <laughs> um, I said Alexis Seal so that's what that was okay. mm-hmm. and then they were talking about the seas that got uh, the boats that got lost at sea in, and they referred to it now there's a big setup to this and they preferred this, this this was the reason why they had to make this was the reason why they made um, Bernard Cribbins' character Jewish. I mean that and the, the scroll was in Hebrew, but it all led to this joke, which was here was an area of sea where boats went missing, and the person who'd written the scroll it had happened on their son's thirteenth birthday, so they called it the Bar Mitzvah Triangle. triangle. Yeah, it was a long setup, seemingly. For, although I don't, that might be historically accurate that Columbus followed a, you know, followed a, a Hebrew, a, a Hebrew scroll. scroll. Yeah. I don't know. And then there was the joke you referred to before yeah. about will they eat will, me whole? Will they eat me whole? No, they'll leave I've that bit. I've spit that bit out. Yeah. Then I actually quite enjoyed when we got onto the non-Indies, the uh, Americans having like the gangster handshake when they first arrived. Oh yes. You know, yeah. as if that was their tribal ways. Mm-hmm. Um. And I wrote, what's a Hauntus? Yes, this was, Julian Cleary came across a couple of villages. Oh yes, I'm Pocahontas. Yes, I'm Pocahontas. It was a, it was a quite nice looking man, and Julian Cleary said, what's a Hauntus? Yes, yes, as if he was being poking things. The only three of those that you laughed at were my mitzvah triangle, do you think they eat me whole, and what's a Hauntus? Okay. So I think in terms of... I've got of, one more. Oh, you've got one more? Blimey. Okay. When, when the uh, medicine man arrived... and well, the shaman. ...and uh-huh. they were scared of him, and they mm-hmm. say that he can bring on the rain, mm-hmm. and then Columbus upsets him, mm-hmm. he brought on the rain just on Columbus. Just on Columbus. I quite like that. <laughs> I think that may be an example of the film beating you into submission. Yeah, I know, maybe. Maybe that really wasn't that funny. No. <laughs> it was the best of a bad lot, maybe. Yeah, okay, all right. Have you got any more that I've missed? Nope, that's I only got three. <laughs> so are you quite pleased that I I seem to have joined it more than I have? Uh, yeah, I am because uh, you know it was it was well it was, it was far and away the worst for me. Even Emmanuel got five. England got five. See, and then I mean then we're in the real. We got everybody get laughs before that. Now what so. we didn't have in this one as much as the other ones mm-hmm. is too much to say, and it was a different time. Well, it wasn't that different a time. Although I think oh, there were a couple of points. I well, thought. one thing I wanted to mention because even when the credits were up, I mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I bet we get some belly dancing." Mm-hmm. Straight in there, right at the beginning with the belly yeah, dancing. Belly dancing, yeah. And then um, Fatima. Is it Fatima? Fatima. Mm-hmm. Um. She was obviously belly dancing for the Sultan, uh, even though she seemed to be quite well thought of as a key member of staff. She was mm-hmm. there also just to belly dance. And then under her clothes dressed up as a man, she was wearing full belly dancing <laughs> outfit un- yeah. for unnecessary reasons. So, yeah, there was that. And then she also, I think this is also the scene where the Sultan was talking about how she was going to plot and she wanted to go and get her hands on it and grabbed his um, sword handle oh, as yes. if it was a cock. Oh yes, well, very, it was very suggestive. It was very that being that Maureen Limpton saying count. I, I'm quite mm-hmm. astounded in this day and age. <laughs> I mean, it's like I would almost forgive it earlier, but because mm-hmm. this is not a different time, mm-hmm. they should have known better. It's okay. kind of what I'm saying. All right. Was there anything else that I've missed that was a different time? Uh, the only thing I thought was there was one instance of gay panic. And when was that? Which was when Fatima revealed herself as a woman to Christopher Columbus. He looked very relieved that he would that he did not have feelings for a young man. Yes, that is true. Yeah, so that 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 was that was the main one that I thought. Although I think there were still a few problematical depictions of did young ladies, have, particularly. But we didn't have anyone trying to be a race they weren't naturally born in. Well, they weren't blacked up anyway, so That's what let's, I mean. <laughs> let's give it that. I mean, Alexis Seal is not Turkish. Um, oh, but you can get, get away with it. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, Fiona. That was Fiona speaking there, by the way. No, I meant he wasn't blacked up. No, that's no, the nobody, I don't think anybody was, was blacked up. Um, so that's all I have to say. That's all you that. have to say. Well, Have we reached the end? I'm not, I'm not quite finished yet. I know you. Oh, we've we'll, we'll got other things to speak about too. But I just wanted to put in my thing on on Carry On Columbus. I saw Carry On Columbus in the cinema. Oh, that's money not well spent. I, I contributed and forced the rest of my family to contribute oh. um, 
to the fact that this film, in 1992, which is the 500th anniversary of Columbus's voyage, there were three films made about Columbus, uh-huh. um, two of which were big budget Hollywood epics, 1492 Conquest of Paradise and Christopher Columbus the Discovery. And I didn't see either of them. And Carry On Columbus. And relative to their budgets, Carry On Columbus was the only one that made money. So I contribute yeah. to that. But there is, there is a, people would go and see it because of the love of the yes. carry-ons. I mean, and that was, it's, it's no value yeah. of itself. I mean, that was something else. Like, obviously, there was this 14 years, um, and they'd, you know, they'd, they'd commissioned a script to be, uh, to be written after Emmanuel, who's going to be carry-on again nurse. And that kind of resurfaced from time to time. And then as things went on and new things became popular, there was a suggestion that it was going to be carry-on Dallas. When oh, Dallas was big. That would have been quite interesting. And then the one, the one that I remember, because it was just about the time I was getting into the carry-ons, because they were still pulling in big ratings, not just as films being shown on television, but also there were like half-hour compilations. I think we've spoken about this briefly in the past, called um, That's Carry-On and uh, Carry-On Laughing. and that's Just kind best of bits of. Just kind of the best yeah. bits of. And they, they got big ratings on TV, even though they were really just fillers. Um, and then I remember... One morning on TVM, I think you can find this on YouTube, uh, Bernard Breslau, Terry Scott, and maybe Barbara Windsor talking about how they were about to start making Carry On Down Under, um, which was going to be like Neighbours, you know, the uh, big thing. So okay, Carry On Down Under was going to be, was going to be, be the very film. interesting. You know, it would have been. Uh, I don't know if all these things kind of fizzled out. Um, and then when, I think when Kenneth Williams died, there was a kind of a, well, it's not really going to work without Kenneth Williams or mm-hmm. Sid James. Hotry had kind of retired anyway, so although he died the same um, year. But then apparently what was happening was a producer called John Goldstone, who produced the Monty Python films, he'd been asked by someone in America to look into the idea of re of, of rebooting, as we would call it these days, the Road franchise. You know, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, Road to Morocco, Road to Rio. Well, have you watched well, can they, could, could they do that? And they looked at that. It didn't really go anywhere. But out of the back of that, because he'd spoken to Gerald Thomas, who was the director of the Carry On. Yeah. And off the back of that, that kind of fizzled out. And Gerald Thomas said, well, maybe we could do another Carry On. And I think the sort of Columbus idea came along at just the right time. And oh, because okay, of the anniversary. Would, yeah, we would give it a go. And so here it was. So it was quite a big thing, this film, this new carry-on coming Because there have been quite a few full starts. A few false starts. This one's actually made. Of course, subsequently, there have been loads of false starts. You know, there's one at the moment. That is, really? Uh, well, it's been a couple of years now. Um, there was one that was like it's 10 years like, ago. There was a big a... launch for something called Carry On London. And then there was the most recent one's called Carry On Doctors, apparently. Um, but, but it's almost like it wouldn't work now. Uh, you well, need I, that old-fashioned charm where mm-hmm. it's it's innocent or something. Yeah, and I think that's what Carry On Columbus showed, is that Carry On's, well, nobody was the star, Carry On was the star. And we've said it ourselves, effectively, if you ain't got Sid and you ain't got Kenny and you ain't got Charlie, you ain't got Carry On. No. That's kind of the limit. But anyway, so this was quite important for So we went to see it. And I love the car, I love the carry on, I still love them now, even after watching the really bad ones that we've watched in this. Um, so I quite like Carry On Columbus, and I'd always kept that sort of quite liking of it. I knew it wasn't as good as the others, but there were bit, it was, the innuendo wasn't too bad, I didn't think. I watched it a couple more times when it was like on telly and that kind of thing. What do you think now? I still quite like it, but I cannot, I cannot fight against Critical opinion and your opinion sitting right here when you fell asleep, you really couldn't bring yourself to watch it all in one sitting. You were clearly putting yourself through it for the sake of the podcast, for which I thank you. My critical factors on it perhaps are tied up with a bit of nostalgia, etc. It yeah. clearly isn't that good a film. <laughs> so, well but there are bits I still like about it. What's your favourite bit, then? Um, the my favourite joke is "Will they eat me whole?" No, yeah. I've had this bit that bit out. Um, I enjoy the fact that the first thing in it is the rank gong. Yeah. Um, I like that. I think it looks really good, it especially at the beginning. It's budgety, I must admit. I think the only bit where you thought, ah, was when they were in the exotic jungle at the end. I know, that did just look like... You can't get away with that anymore. Yeah. Um, but I did think it looked good. I, I, I like Jim Dale. Uh, I like the Cribbins. Um... I love Julian Cleary, I think he's good. You know, it was a Julian Cleary got started with Oh Hello. He got Oh Hello to begin with. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, hello. Um, 
I like there was one bit that I, I hadn't noticed before was when the Indian uh, the um Indies people, the American people were uh, um looking at the boat out at sea when they first saw it and they were describing the little canoe being lowered from the big canoe. Mm-hmm. But you never saw it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's a bit like the remember the bull in Carry On Camping? When there was like stock footage of a bull and it charged Terry Scott, mm. but you never saw the bull. You it just saw like, yeah. Terry Scott. I thought oh, that's quite like. So yeah, I still have a bit of feeling for for Carry On Columbus. The 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 story, yes, is very slow and then suddenly very rushed at the end. A lot of things happen at the end. Mm. I'm not really sure why they're going off on another voyage other than just to get you know get out of Spain because they might before they noticed. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still have a bit of a soft spot for it. But yeah, the. the I, I, I would say though, I prefer that the series ends on Columbus than Emmanuel. I think it's better than Emmanuel. I think it's the best carry on film, definitely since, uh, up to, uh, perhaps up to behind or perhaps up to Dick. I think England and Emmanuel are not as good as this film. That's my, that's what I think. And that is where, that is where potentially our Odyssey ends. But we have a couple more things to speak about before I ask you the, uh, okay. the all-important question that we have uh, in, enjoyed slash endured over the last week or so, uh, one of which was a um, basically recreations of the carry-ons, one of which was the Loose Ends pantomime in 1988, Carry On Up Your Cinders, um, with Arthur Smith as Sid James, Julian Clary as uh, Kenneth Williams, Frankie Howard uh, was in it, and so was Jonathan Ross, also playing... Frankie Howard, and Babs. Uh, there were other appearances by uh, Claire Rayner as Hattie Jakes, um, and Rory Bremner pretty much paid uh, various characters that he could do the voices of, and uh, Ned Sheeran, obviously. And the whole thing written by uh, Arthur Smith, and it was basically a, a, a parody of Cinderella. Um, what do you think, uh, What did you think of that? Well... It wasn't written by the carry-on people, and that was very obvious. Mm -hmm. I felt that it was cheap. (laughs) It was gaudy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the the subtle charm of Mm carry-ons. It really was just trying to fit some kind of formula that it's almost like the writer didn't understand. Because it was so crow buying in innuendos and in your face and mm. all this kind of stuff and I found it actually quite uncomfortable oh, in some places Okay. So, um, so yeah I mean I thought it was quite clever how they had famous people playing carry on people playing the Cinderella parts mm-hmm. so um, uh, who was playing Cinderella? Uh, uh, Julian Cleary was Kenneth Williams as Cinderella right yeah um and there's a few others that were, yeah. you know, in that thing. So there was a bit of it was carry-ons. At least they were making a nod towards the proper carry-on actress. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kind of love-hate thing going on there. Um, I a few things that I found uncomfortable was when they. Got to, so I'm straight to the ball here, so I haven't okay. <laughs> written anything down before there. But when the bounce was at the ball door saying mm-hmm. that the, um, he wouldn't let in anyone that wasn't dowdy and bad looking because that makes the prince look good. All right. They just went on and, and listed a whole lot of current stars. Oh, yes. As a dig. Temporary celebrities, yeah. And it's just like, there's no cleverness mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just having a go at folk. Um, Claire Rayner was okay. She wasn't very good at coming across as the carry-on person. I wondered if actually the Claire Rayner bits were taken from something else. Like, then, what was actual advice that Claire Rayner had given the people? Well, her I, To be thing, honest, I can't now remember if there were any bits that maybe, like, oh, this must be about that. Well, her thing was always, oh, not married, very modern, though, you know, women always like to be married. And obviously... <laughs> In this day and age, that doesn't sit very nicely. That she was trying to be supportive and helpful to women is it's a thing. Mm-hmm. But it was so dated. And mm-hmm. just like, oh, it does great that there was this um, mother voice in, in, in the industry that told you 
that mm-hmm. um, women like the security of a marriage, as if marriage brought security. And the whole thing, I, don't get me started. Okay. Anyway. I, mean, I, th- I think, I think presumably over the length of her career, Clearing probably helped an awful lot of people through an awful lot of difficult times. I, um, although this may be reflective of, you know, some of the times. Again, it was a different time from a different time of the carry-on. I know. I mean, when was this broadcast? Uh, 1988, I think. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, to be honest... The whole culture at the time was you were meant to be married. So her saying it's okay not to be married is a step forward at the time. It's just now looking back at it from this time, Mm -hmm. it feels like she was excusing something that was obviously allowable. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, One thing I found very uncomfortable were the kids playing up. Now, obviously, it was meant to be a pantomime. The kids were meant to go, it's behind you, it's behind you. The whole joke was... They weren't playing ball. They were just going, um, Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, what are you going to do with your freedom? Nothing. Yeah. That kind of thing. Kids which is are bit, horrible. Bit of an in-joke yeah. there, sorry. Um, but when one of the kids shouted, Nice tits, Babs. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. Man. I found that incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. I could see why they were doing it, because they were just playing up the fact that the kids at the pantomime were actually just teenagers being bored or whatever mm-hmm. it was. But yeah, I, I don't I, think they were real kids. I think it was somebody putting on kids. Voices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I appreciate that. But the the, the message was it okay. was meant to be. All right. At least older kids saying that, and I, I found that hard to swallow. I did feel. I mean, this is the things I've never thought the carry ons were guilty of. Uh-huh. Sorry, have I got more to say about this than you thought? No, I, well, that is certainly true. <laughs> I think I had two sentences to say about this. Yeah, yeah. I've got some scrappy notes on the back of a train ticket because he made me listen to it. Um, so this is the thing I never thought carry-ons ever did was expect the audience to be ignorant. But on this one, there was a joke about Rembrandt being an impressionist mm-hmm. that was over-explained to an nth degree. <laughs> okay. And I'm just like... Carry-ons never did that. No, they no. they expected you to have some knowledge yeah. of the time yeah, that, or yeah. the episode or the, mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. they're trying to project. So I found that very different. Um, there's some reference to I'll have her tights down in an hour, which was a bit presumptuous. <laughs> it was a different time. And then um, uh, Cinderella said something about she couldn't conceive why so so this or whatever uh, and the joke was I've heard that about you it's like why is not conceiving a child a funny joke uh, although bear in mind that it was Julian Cleary playing Kath Williams playing I might have forgotten that <laughs> you swept up in the, in the reality of yeah. up your windows so I maybe if I realised it was a man that could have been funny but still yeah. I don't think not conceiving is, is a funny thing um, and then there was another thing about um Basically, the joke was, uh, you better enter slowly. And he was saying, yes, I always do. I'm very gentle. Suggesting it was it was a sexual entering. Yeah. I thought that was a bit crass. All right. I, okay. I, you might say... Have you watched Carry On England? Carry-ons are, well, England is not a good example no, I, of, I, of well, the crime of Carry On, which, which is what I would say about this, is I think this was an attempt... This, this tried to recreate the later cruder carry-ons well, than exactly. the earlier... But th- this almost like was too plain that you actually got more upset, whereas the later carry-ons just like, oh, they're just missing it. They're just a yeah. bit too crude. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was just the crudeness. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say I did enjoy it being a carry-on. I did write that down. I thought Frankie Howard ha- uh, and... Um, Jonathan Ross John as Cross- Frankie Howard. They were the ugly sisters. But those two were actually, you could hear them enjoying (laughs) what they were doing. What they were doing and him trying to take the piss out of him in Mm -hmm. front of him and all that kind of, I enjoyed that very much. I thought that was very good. Um, I thought, who who was playing Hattie? Claire Rimmer. Yeah, she was rubbish as Hattie. That's you what got no fact, sense of yeah, I wonder if she was really playing anything or if she wasn't just giving advice on another programme. And she was cut in. Okay, fair enough. Um, the, there was some random Sid impression at the end, which I thought was quite a nice nod to him. Well, Arthur Smith was playing Sid James. Well, that was the only point I noticed it. Okay. And then I've written Ronnie Corbett, question mark? I don't know what that's about. Okay. But, but Rory Bremner might have done a Ronnie Corbett Yeah, right at the end, but it was like, 
Where did this come from? And why, oh, you know, it was like... But again, I think, I think Carry Ons became a sort of shorthand for all British comedy for some yeah, at some point yeah. as well. So that was Carry On. That was, I think, possibly more than anybody's ever said about <laughs> Carry On ever before. Um, yeah, as I said, I mean, the only thing I would say about it was it was clearly, you know, a Christmas, but I think an idea for Christmas. It wasn't thought through particularly hard. Do you I think it think. was done in a rush? I think, well, sheet. loose ends tended to be done week to week. There was a lot of there was a lot of contemporary references in it. Oh, I didn't know this was like a weekly. It was oh yeah, well, loose ends are still on the radio. I, I don't know what it is. All right, okay. Well, I'll, maybe we should have told you about that before we did. Yeah, it. no, this was it's, just a random it, thing. It's kind of just like a sort of chat show, but it tended to be slightly comedic. Uh, Ned Sheeran, the sort of theatrical impresario, etc., uh, presented it. Um, it would tend to have a singer or a, but, but again, not really a pop, not a pop singer, but you know, like a, maybe an opera singer or a other folk singer, something like that would be on it. Uh, Andre goes. Comedians would be on it. No, not, no, not quite him. Not no. quite as highbrow as that. Oh, okay. Comedians and actors would be on it. It's kind of like a sort of radio highbrow version of, of Graham Norton is how I would kind of best describe it. But surely this would fit better with a Graham Norton type of show. Yeah, I think it would. I mean, it'd be <laughs> interesting to see Graham Norton be the kind of person I think would fit into a, a carry-on type yeah. of thing. So, so that was carrying up your cinders. Now, the mm. other thing that we watched was part of a oh, Harry Enfield special I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> called Norbert Smith A Life, which was a parody of a similar documentary that was made about Laurence Olivier, the idea being that Norbert Smith had been this great British actor, his career had spanned, you know, the, the entire history of cinema, and he'd been in all different kinds of films. And one of the films, what he was in, was uh, Carry On Banging, which was a, a film of supposedly about uh, the Greenham Common protests about the uh, nuclear warheads being stationed there. And in this five-minute scene, did you make notes about this? I did, but I can't find them oh, there, no. so I'll just wing it. Go in on. this five-minute scene, as well as Harry Enfield as Norbert Smith, although he was barely in it, uh, where uh, Jack Douglas as one of the guards of Greenham Common, Kenneth Connor as his uh, superior officer, and Barbara Windsor uh, as the leader of a group of women who, who had come to uh, protest against uh, Greenham Common. Um, what did you think of that, Fiona? I see you haven't found your notes yet. No. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you have found it. There we go. Right. So I was what? I mean, obviously, you were trying to flick forward to the carry on bit, but we saw bits of it beforehand. Yes, because there, there was like a Cliff Richard style musical, a kitchen sink drama. Before that, there had been sort of brief encounter type stuff. You know, all the sort of British films were represented there. Yeah. So um, I think I was sitting there thinking, is this meant to be reflection on Charles Hawtrey because I know he went a bit drinky oh yes I, well, I don't know cause I, I think it was I think it was I don't think it was meant to be Lawrence Olivier either but I think it was just kind of a, a stereotypical actor in his Gone, elder, older yeah, age yeah okay because he was a drinker because I was a bit uncomfortable yeah. with that if All it right, was because okay. that um, didn't really come into the carry on banging bit I was really just speaking of the carry no, on banging no no I know so yeah. I'm just right, what I wrote down um, there's a general talk about being grim up north yeah, yeah. Um, and I think competing USA. I don't know what that means. I don't know. That might have been something about what yeah. was being said. Mm-hmm. There, there was one. Now I don't even know if this joke was in the bit we were referring to, but there was one joke about masturbate. Yes, that was when um, Kenneth Connor said. Basically, it was a whole string of innuendos about uh, we've come to pull them down. Well. Get, get on with it then. Uh, Kenneth Connor came out and said, let's all calm down and talk about this in a rational manner. And the punchline of that was, yes, let's have a masturbate. Uh, that was done quite well. Yeah. Or, or Even though it was like in your face. I thought that that <laughs> was... Don't like it in your face, really. I love it in my face. <laughs> but I meant... It was... This was basically what the scene, what the scene was. We could do the script now almost. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I didn't... It didn't jar with me, right? Even though it was kind of obvious, I'm, I was pleased to see a bit of Titmus. Well, I think it must be a world record in this five-minute scene. <laughs> he did it three times. That must have been the most consecutive Titmus yeah. ever. And you know, if they're going to get a handful of, of carry-ons, it was still. <laughs> Are they going to get a handful? A handful. <laughs> well, moving on to handfuls, Babs. Yes. I just have to say, hats off to her. What age was she at this point? Oh, I don't know. It's about 30 years ago, so she would have been 50. I know. She looked fabulous for 50. She, oh, okay. she could still do, 
I mean, she had a very low cut jacket thing. Uh huh. And, um. The CND symbols. CND symbols on her nipple area. Uh huh. Um, so obviously try a nod back to, um, Oh, I, I think you give them too much credit. I nod back to again, Doctor, with the heart. Yes. I think you may give them a little bit too much credit for that. Well, anyway, <laughs> but she was showing plenty of cleavage. She was obviously not in a bra, and she was still holding her own, as it were. <laughs> so I, I had Have to you deliberately to... tried to put as much in you in <laughs> your statements as possible? I, I had you have converted me on ah. the carry ons. You've worn me down I, to, I to know, a nub. I know you like to slip it in. But you can. <laughs> But anyway, hats off to her. Um, Kenneth Connor, always good. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't quite like the whole program in entirety. No, no. Well, you only watched that bit, really. I know, but um, but no, I thought well done to them for for coming back on after a quite a break, just doing their their main gags. Oh, certainly, they the three of them slipped right into their uh, uh, into their parts. But uh, it was obviously written. Not by the normal writers. Oh yes, uh-huh. written by Harry Enfield. Yeah, so I would have ha- had expected it was a bit like um, the um, pantomime thing we've just talked about uh-huh. that it would have got it wrong. It wouldn't have the charm. It would just mm-hmm. be gags, and it was just gags. But somehow I was charmed. Still, I don't know if that was the strength of the acting or whether it was. I think of the three things, and I think it's, un- it's to some extent it's slightly unfair to to do these comparisons because. One was obviously a sort of slightly, you know, last minute radio spoof, um, or you know, written quickly radio spoof. Uh, one only lasted five minutes, and there was a full length yeah. feature film. Um, I thought of the three things, Carry On Banging best captured the atmosphere of the Carry On. Yes, yeah. and it was charming. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't grating. So uh, well done them. All right. So right. So as as we have said, this is the end. Is this the end? This is the end. You but, yes. well, if this is the end, Fiona, we will have to do another podcast anyway to sum up. Oh, right? will we? Do I have to write lists in my top ten? Yeah, oh, well, you know how, you know what, you know, you know what the RJ <laughs> listeners are like. They want, they want the full SP. Just because that's what you're like. <sighs> we could talk about that later. But, oh. <laughs> but, 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 I would say to you that I propose there are two further things that we can watch and comment upon, both of which are directly related to classic to the classic carry-on films. And I would also promise you, as a little sweetener if you carry on with this, you will see new com- or comedy performances that you have not seen before from Barbara Windsor and Kenneth Williams. So on that basis... Can I ask a couple of questions without yep. going into too much detail? Mm-hmm. Were they filmed after Columbus? One was, one wasn't. Well, you don't <laughs> normally give me a choice. I've given you a choice after, at the end of every single... No, 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 but I mean, you 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 moved on to, to the TV series yeah. without saying it's a bit different. Are you sure you want to? You've given me the... Uh, Radio thing to listen to um, mm-hmm. clips without offering me is a bit different. You want to do this? Uh-huh. Why is this a different character? Why wouldn't you just well, say we're doing? We'll see you again next week. Because essentially, if you speak to anybody and you say I've watched all the Carry On films, it's very unlikely that they will say to you, Ah, have you watched? And you'll go, Oh no, because these yeah, are but they would like... have said that about the TV series you made me watch. <laughs> I know that we, we we all have our own demons to work through. <laughs> Please have me carry on laughing. We're all in therapy, and you know we're all going to get through. Okay, okay. Hired a church basement. Of course, we're gonna I'm going to watch the last two things of non-carry on things because I'm intrigued now. All right, okay. Well, in that case, all that remains to be said is join us the next time when we carry, carry on, on up the misses. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's an hour. Carry on. Regardless.